G'day, I am Tam and I am here to talk publicly about the crap no one else does. This podcast is for ladies wanting a no BS honest conversation about women's health, wealth, struggles and success. We talk separation, divorce, we banter about boob jobs and so much more. Join me and my guests as we share our insights and stories and have a whole lot of fun along the way. G'day everyone, welcome to the I Am Tam podcast. This is your host, Tam Shields. I'm standing a little huskier than usual. I've just on the outskirts of a viral infection from last week, but I am thankfully now on the mend. I've got my voice back and here I am today speaking to an incredible young woman by the name of Jade Walker. Jade is a degree qualified naturopath. She has had a really incredible transition, particularly over the last few years um, with experiencing um, IVF, falling pregnant to twins, and now is a single mum of identical twin girls. She is a really amazing human. She's got so much knowledge about um, lots of different issues with women's health, endometriosis, infertility. Um, In this episode, we talk about nutrition, we talk about motherhood we talk about single life single mum life and lots of other stuff so you don't want to miss out please sit back grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy so welcome jade and thank you for being on here with us today thank you tam i'm so um, pleased that you actually asked me to come on (laughs) well we've been following your journey for a little while now and we do have um, some mutual friends so i'm really excited for our listeners to listen to what it is that you do and also what your journey has been recently. So can you tell our listeners in our community a little bit about you? Yeah, so I'm a single twin mum and that happened uh, only about five or six months ago. Mm. I'm a naturopath, so I have a Bachelor of Health Science and I'm really passionate about the space of particularly reproductive medicine. I personally have endometriosis. I went through IVF, so that areas that I am passionate about. And then, of course, naturally, as you go through a pregnancy and you go through breastfeeding and you go through the the woes of being a mum, you know, I work in that space now as well. And I also have uh, three naturopaths that work for me. We're all online, so all via Zoom, so it makes it easy, especially for mamas to be able to access as well. Um, So that's probably me in a nutshell, but I talk a lot so I could go on tangents if you let me. (laughs) Okay, so um, talk to us about your fertility journey and your IVF journey. Yeah, so um, I, having endometriosis, we, uh, I had my endo surgery, had endo removed, and we were trying to conceive naturally. And then eventually I had my ex-husband's sperm tested and the parameters were really low. And, um, you know, even by trying to do some naturopathic work and not, not to say he did all the things he should have been doing, but, um, and then, uh, we, I went back to my IVF specialist and he was like, these parameters are just way too low. Like you're going to have to go through IVF. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a big relief because I was like, we just wanted to like get pregnant, you know? And then, um, I only had, so out of six eggs retrieved, which is kind of considered a poor responder, I only had one viable embryo and I was absolutely devastated because, I was just like, I'm going, we're going to have to go through this all again. It probably won't take, you know. And then um, sure enough, I was pregnant on first go. And at seven and a half weeks, we had our scan and there were two babies. Uh, so we were having identical twins, which was just like unbelievable. I just, I still remember that day. I was on cloud nine. It was 
the coolest feeling ever. Yeah. Um, and but what I didn't realize, I knew that twins were high risk pregnancies, but particularly identical twins that share a placenta, it was a high risk pregnancy, mm -hmm. and so it was not your typical pregnancy. It was just scans after scans and like little scares and then everything was okay. And um, a lot of discomfort, pain, sleepless nights. Like it was just constant. And then, you know, we had them at 33 weeks. They were born to a rare condition called TAPS, which is a twin thing. Um, and then it was the NICU journey, special care journey, trying to pump and express and trying to breastfeed. And yeah, it's like ever since starting IVF to now, it's just been one big chaotic yeah. time. <laughs> Talk to me about the impact that, that all of this process from the beginning, you know, the highs that you mentioned, the highs and the lows, and clearly like a lot of stress involved in it. Talk about the, talk to us about the impact that that had on your relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's funny, obviously once you have kids, it just like magnifies everything, but there are yeah. obviously little stressors before having kids. Um, and I, you know, even from the IVF process, there was frustration because I wanted him to do a seam analysis. And initially he was a bit hesitant and, you know, being a naturopath, I know full well how most men's sperm are not optimal anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and there was that vocabulary around like, oh, this is, isn't this because of you, you know? And, and then when we did find that, find out the parameters were low, I'm like, you know, can you stop drinking alcohol? You know, all those kind of things. And not that um, like he was an alcoholic or anything, but like just drinking a few times a week can impact your sperm, you know, things like that. So there's little frustrations there. Um, and then going through the IVF process itself um, wasn't too bad. I felt like we were in a really exciting time. We were like, yeah, you know, we're going to get this thing. And um, and then um, finding out we're pregnant and then going through the, like the pregnancy, obviously that was just immensely stressful. But um, again, it was like things that I felt like I could kind of handle, um, but it wasn't until, yeah, once they were born, it was just everything just really out the window. And I think also because it really highlighted our differences in parenting styles. Mm -hmm. And I like I became really passionate about attachment and you know co-sleeping and not letting them to cry and like all those things. And um we had totally different ideas on that and we would argue a lot over that. Mm -hmm. And even to the point where like I'll never forget, you know, there was one night where it was probably like 2am and I was an absolute mess because the girls were just not sleeping. I was getting irritable. Like, you know, that anger that just rises and you're just like, yeah, I know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I actually picked up a, a pillow and just chucked it out the wall. And I was like, fuck's sake, I can't fucking do this anymore, you know? And what that, well, the place that that's actually coming from is me being like, I need help. I need support, you know? Yeah. And like, there were definitely times when like, he supported me, but obviously he was working and needed to get up early. So like, I didn't want to disturb him and, you know, all those things. And then he did come in and instead of being like, baby, you okay? Like, what can I do? Let me help. He was like, calm the fuck down. And I was like, whoa, like, uh, like that's not what I needed. And then he proceeded to say, this is why people sleep train. So this is your fault if you don't want to sleep train. And that's like against my values. Like that's not what I wanted to do. I needed someone to say like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. We just need to set up some more support. You know, that's all I needed. Mm -hmm. And so it started to become more arguments like that. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, the wedge just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like I, you know, I couldn't, you know, I wasn't as fit anymore. Couldn't couldn't exercise as much anymore. And all those things are totally okay. But he's like a gym junkie, and he'd get home from work and go straight to the gym. And I'd be like, oh, like, are you not going to help me? You know? Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and and just like comments about oh, when you gonna are you gonna start going back to the gym and like just shit like that and I was like fuck we're just on two different planets like and and then you know we would try and resolve things and we would get in that little honeymoon phase again but like, all right we've we've enhanced our communication again now we know what page we're on and like all is gonna be good and but then in the back of my mind I was just like I still think this is probably going to come to an end. Um, And then, you know, the topic that no one wants to talk about is also sex. Like you're not like in the mood, you know, you're, you're really sleep deprived mum. And then so pressures start to build over that. And then you start to feel guilty and, um, and it was just a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Sleep deprivation, I think plays such, I don't think people understand the impact that sleep deprivation actually has on a human's behavior, their mindset, physically, everything. Like if you're not getting, and, we, and I mean, look, it's difficult and challenging enough with one baby, you know, breastfeeding and, and doing all that sort of stuff physically on your body, but you add another baby into the mix, you literally have no downtime and no time to heal and sleep and rest. And then, you know, it's it's funny because I'm not here, you know, my community, the I Do Divorce community is not about um, promoting separation and divorce but we we want to make sure people are supported and guided through that but in terms of if you're listening to this now and these are some red flags in communication and values and you're thinking about having kids in the future and you're thinking that having a baby is going to solve that mm-hmm. then let me tell you right now it is just going to amplify the shit it's going to make it worse mm-hmm. so get some stuff communicate and get some stuff out on the table early on I think that's you know from what you've just spoken about having those values spoken about how you want a parent moving for like before you have the baby um mm-hmm. before that process even begins if you can you know it's everything's easy in hindsight isn't it Do you know oh, I mean? and you know even like everyone even says oh just wait till you have like wait a bit longer to have kids you know and you're just like no I want it now I'll be fine and I am like a, you know I realized that I definitely was a bit cocky actually and I was like like I'd see these twin mums complaining I was like oh that won't be me because I'm really good at life like yeah Yeah. yeah, like it's all and even I still remember um when my ex and I because like even though we had little micro problems like we were still we had a really strong relationship as well in many other areas um and I still remember when I was in this twin group while we were pregnant with twins and someone said you know, I know that like the divorce rate is much higher with twin pregnancies and I never thought that it would be ours and now here we are. And I said it to, to my ex-husband and I was like, oh, my God, you know, we have to really make sure. And he's like, no, nah, that won't be it. That won't be ours. And then here we were again. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, comparison. I mean, comparison, the old, the old saying is comparison is a thief of all joy. But, like, it's really... Um, it's something that you don't even realise that you're doing in the moment. And, and that happens throughout motherhood, I think, you know, through every stage of motherhood. I remember, you know, judging people that were sitting and, you know, watching, letting their kids watch 
movies while they were eating and that was like one of my pet hates and I was like oh my god these people their kids aren't even tasting the food obesity rates are through the roof and what are they doing I'm thinking what the hell do I know these people might just might be their first break that they're having to have dinner and have a conversation with each other yes do I still encourage people to not have screens while they're eating 100% but why am I comparing what I'm doing to somebody else and it's because as parents as mums as single parents, single parents of twins, we're constantly looking to others to gauge where we are mm. and if we're doing okay, yeah. rather than at some point we really have to trust our instinct and go, do you know what? The person who knows best for my family, for me, is me. Yeah, 100%. Oh. And really and really trusting that and letting go of what, you know, what society might be telling you, sometimes what the midwife might be telling you, sometimes what anybody else is telling you if you know in your gut if you feel something really really strongly I mean you know sometimes that can be clouded with fear and other things as well but we generally really know what we need to do for ourselves and for our kids and I think that's where the great divide can really happen with a relationship particularly as mums we have a knowing we have a knowingness yeah about our kids like what you had with your twins that your ex-husband couldn't have known about because he didn't have them in his body to birth and you know like after separation um like I really wanted to get counseling that was so we could work on co-parenting and I just happened to stumble across the best couples counselor who was um specialized in attachment and like and mm-hmm. parenting and everything that so we, so we had a couple of sessions and they were fantastic and initially there was a little bit of like upset with like I was a bit emotional thinking oh my god if we had just got this earlier could we have saved our marriage Mm. obviously now we're like no probably not still but you know there were things we could have definitely worked on better and even it benefited him so much because one he was able to realize what I kept trying to say Mm. and because I'm a really evidence-based person and I was never just saying these things like I was like this is what the science says you know um but even like going back to what you're saying about the mother knows like that's what I think that's why so many people do separate once they have kids because the mother's brain literally changes Mm -hmm. and you know it wasn't long ago I was at a symposium where Leia Heckman was talking and she was talking about how the brain changes um and basically how like during pregnancy the brain shrinks initially so hey mum brain can't think straight but then when it regrows, it regrows in a totally different way. It's able to detect to detect danger way before anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the protection for our children, it just intensifies. So anything that our partner is trying to say to us, well, I'm not taking that shit anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to take that anymore. And that was me like beforehand. I was a pushover. I was a people pleaser. And I'm like, okay, babe, yeah, if that's what you want to do, all right, yeah, no worries. And then after I was just like, fuck no, we're not doing this anymore, you know. Because your priority becomes your kids. Your priority becomes, it's even to the point where people are, I hear so many new mums saying, I can't remember, I can't remember anything anymore. I say that's because your mind is now totally devoted mm-hmm. to keeping safe and raising a human being. You're you're it for them. So that other shit that you thought that you, that you worried about before, that's obsolete now. You're, bo- you're not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's totally changed. So let go of the fact that just go, you know what, you don't need that part of your memory at the minute. Your mind is being utilised to raise a human. Yeah. Big deal, yeah? So go with the flow. Go with the flow. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that that's exactly right. Like, oh, I feel like we're just on the same wave here. And I think honestly, in a very strange way, like separation has been the best thing for me and my ex's relationship mm-hmm. like, because we were just, you know, butting heads too much. And now that we're separated, like, um, you know, we are, you know, amicable and we say we're good friends now, you know, and of course there's still going to be things that are going to, we're going to, it's going to piss each other off a lot. Um, but even that it allowed breathing space for him to actually understand what I had been trying to say mm-hmm. um, and like, and work on like those yeah. like, parenting things and stuff. So I think that's another thing is like, obviously separation seems like a really scary thing or it could be bad for the kids whatever it's probably going to be the best thing for them if you're not in a good space like I was a child who was raised in a family where I think probably my parents probably should have separated they did separate a couple of times and they're back together now and they you know love their life together but as a child that went through a lot an upbringing where it wasn't a healthy display of relationship as um as the and and you know I was actually probably probably third or fourth generation of that type of relationship in my family my that's the same as my mum's and dad's parents exactly the same probably the parents before them Mm. when I broke that cycle and I said you know this is not the relationship that I want my kids to mirror for their lives moving forward even though you know much like you you got tiny little twins I had three little kids under six Mm. yeah shit it was going to be a challenge but for me I, I chose my hard my hard my hard of raising the kids by myself was nowhere near as hard as it was being in a toxic relationship that was not bringing me joy and was making me sadder than, you know, I was walking around like a, a numb human. So I was like, do you know what? I choose my heart. My heart is as a single mum. Yeah. And, and my kids are, th- are thriving, you know, like I had so many people, particularly at the beginning, saying, you must be doing it so tough, you poor children, you know, um, you know, what are they going to do about their dad? You know, they're not going to have that male influence in their life. And I'm like, yes, they are. Yeah. Oh, they still they still see their dad totally fine. And just because we're not, co- you know, co-inhabiting in the same household doesn't mean that it's it's a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And and I think if you if you come at everything with that positive, like you're saying, you know, you and your ex are getting along much better now how much better is that for your children it is so much better moving forward they're not going to have that tense environment two people at each other and arguing the first seven years of a kid's life is where all of their programming for the rest of their life is going to take place a hundred percent isn't it it's crazy and I feel like and again this is obviously no judgment because I know what it's like to try and force yourself to stay in a relationship that is mm-hmm. and there are so many reasons why particularly women can't like feel like they can't leave mm-hmm. um, and I've had plenty of talks with like some people that are still living with uh, emotionally abusive husbands financially abusive husbands all those kind of things and mm-hmm. they're like I can't leave I've got no money and I'm like there actually are services available but people don't, don't know that yeah. yeah so that's my preface before I say this but by staying and thinking that you're staying for the kids and that you're actually withholding everyone's happiness yeah, and like, yeah, the, you're gonna go through some tough shit to get on the other side of separation. And I'm almost on the other side. You know, I'm still in this house. Like, you know, I'm gonna be moving out soon, and then that's the close of this chapter. And mm-hmm. then I get to move into my own place and all of that. Yep. Um, but like, you, you know, I read this really good post one day, and it was talking about how um, single mums actually have often find their life easier. <laughs> 
because they're also not having to come up against another differing opinion or like for some people where they felt like the man wasn't doing anything around the house they actually had another child they had to look after and now they don't have that child and um like for me, I mean, my ex, he's a really tidy person. So he actually would be out with vacuuming all the time. So like, I, d- I didn't have quite that problem, but um, certainly because he was so tidy and clean, I actually didn't have the time to tidy and clean how he wanted it. And that used to frustrate the hell out of me. And now I'm like, you know what? You have to think about it. The girl's toys are out and I don't care. Like, yeah. And it just removes that level of frustration because it, it removes that frustration but that resentment as well. So whilst I'm, like I said, I'm not, we're not promoting becoming a single parent. Yeah. But, but what we're here to say, you'll be okay mm. if you do decide and probably for most part, Jade, most women would stay in relationships because of a combination of a couple of things, mainly emotional abuse and financial abuse, having to ask for permission to spend money, um, not having, not being um, financially independent. These are all things that we can help you with through our community, but teaching people how to find that independence, how to maybe create additional income streams in their home, what 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 services are available for you so you don't need to be in it. By the way, emotional abuse is a version of domestic abuse. It is the same thing, okay? So if someone is telling you how to walk, how to eat, where to go, what you can do, what you can spend money on, what you can't spend money on. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's all abuse, but that is control, which is a version of, okay? So if you're in something like that now and you're not separated and you're sitting you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, hang on a minute, shit, I'm ticking a few of those boxes, what might, and you might not be ready for this advice, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway, get informed. <laughs> get informed about what you can do should you want to leave in the future, what you do have access to. You don't need to share that information with anybody. It can just be a personal little done just by yourself, for yourself. Just get some preparation in place in case Mm -hmm. you wanted to move out in the future because it's one of those things that until you're ready to speak about it and do something about it, you won't, um, particularly if you've got kids because it's something that you generally don't want to share with people because in fear that they're going to, you know, find out and it becomes more difficult. There's some a few things you can do just on the down low for yourself, get informed and get some get some peace in, a peace of mind to know that you actually you can be okay. You can be okay if that's where you are right now. I'm living proof of that. Jade's living proof of that. Mm. There, you know, so many people. So, like I said, we're not promoting it, but you, we don't. What we don't want is for people to be in relationships, um, both the men and the women. Mm-hmm. that are unhealthy, mm-hmm. unhappy, mm-hmm. and then therefore creating as a side effect to that unhealthy and happy, unhappy children. Oh, absolutely. And have you seen that docuseries, See What You Made Me Do? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such an eye-opener for a lot of people. But even for me, like since becoming a single mum, obviously naturally you suddenly make all these single mum friends um, and then you learn of all these stories, but you also learn about services that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to the point, I didn't know that I would be eligible for Centrelink single parent payment, stuff yep. like that. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, actually, okay, even though, yes, Centrelink is a shit show to get up and running, um, but, you know, it is there and, like, you're entitled to it. Um, and then even like I once had to take a friend again she went through separation literally a week after me um, and like I had to take her to Orange Door and I didn't know what Orange Door was Mm -hmm. and 
and they were so beautiful and loving and just made her feel so supported gave her all the services she needed even mm-hmm. like she was eligible for free legal advice and I was like wow I didn't know any of this was available but, I haven't heard of Orange Door ladies and you're listening to this Orange Door a free government service you can go on there um, what I love about Orange Door is you can even, if you were to Google search it on your computer and you were worried about someone looking, like checking what you've done, there's a there's a quick um, a quick shutdown button that you just press on and it removes the removes it from the history of your computer or your device, so you can just have a look. But it's all for it's for emotional domestic abuse victims, um, single parents looking for that information. Like it's there's so much out there, but the problem is, like you said, you just don't know where to go. Yeah. So. If you, need, if you need a hand with sort of guiding you towards like some great family lawyers or financial advice, they're the things that I always suggest people go and have have a chat with a great family lawyer, even if you don't use them, yeah. get some advice. Yeah. Financially, get your ducks in a row. Figure out what your super is. Are there credit cards? Have you got your names on credit cards that maybe you don't even know that you've got a name on a credit card that's not paid? Yeah. Um, just get, get um, informed about your finances. And then that helps you in the future make some um, some decisions because re- realistically, you want to being financially stressed as a single mum is probably one of the worst possible scenarios. Oh yeah, and I've been there. And like, what was hard for me is that before pregnancy, my business had done the best it had done, and I was like, I'm a successful business owner now. Oh my god! And then you have, you have kids, and then you go on maternity leave, and then you're like, oh my god, like. I've got no money coming in. And then um, and then all of a sudden you become single and you're like, holy shit, everything's cut off now. And you're too, like you're just treading water because you're trying to deal with this like incredibly intense event in your life. So I couldn't work anymore. And I just, luckily I had a little bit of money coming in from like, you know, prescriptions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it ran out and I literally was on the phone to Centrelink one day, bawling my eyes out. I was like, I've got no money. And I need to move out now because I'm my ex and I have just had a huge blow up and I cannot be around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, what do you do? <laughs> like, you're like, I actually have no money, but I need to move out. Like, what? Like, yep. yeah. And, and what a scary situation for people that aren't informed that don't know what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what we're here to do. We're here to give a vo- give voice to that, give options, give advice, like, you know, I can't train someone what to do if they're in a domestic abuse situation, but I can put you in the push you in the direction of people who are trained for that, who can help give you service. And a lot of this stuff is free. A lot of this stuff is free. Mm-hmm. And so if you can act, you know, with, there's there's loads of stuff that's out there that's available for you. But I suppose the biggest thing is, Jade, that um, we want people to know that there's, there's support. The support is available for you. You don't need to do it alone. You yeah. don't need to do it alone. That's the, that would be the number one thing that I would love people to know as well, um, that there are, there are so many things available. And that's why I think it's so awesome what you're doing so that then you can be like, like the, the advocate. Like, yeah, the connector. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, Jade, if you could think of one piece of advice for a single twin a, a what is it a twin single mum a single twin mum yeah either or mm. what one piece of advice would you give to um a woman who potentially is just starting that their transition through separation as in like they're kind of they're still together but they're like they know it needs to end type yeah, of thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. well honestly like I just want you to know that 
it is going to be better and you are actually going to be thriving at some point soon. It may not be in the next six months. You're going to have to go through some shit. But like, honestly, even see Tam or like get um, some support around you. But you might not know the things now, but suddenly all of these services are going to open up to the you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. You, like the universe will look after you. There's all these things that are going to just come your way. It's going to be hard. There are going to be times where you are just down and out and you're like, I can't do this. I still have those moments. Mm-hmm. But then, yep. Yeah. But then, um, but then you're on the other side of it and you're like, oh, my God, wow. And ev- I'm telling you right now, every single single twin mum I know, and there are lots of them, <laughs> lots of them, they all say I'm so much happier, like every single one of them. And yep. we all express that it's still hard because, I mean, like, even if you're in the relationship, obviously it's even harder. Like, you're still going to have hard, but like you were saying, you pick your hard um, right. and, um, and, and it'll be there. But honestly, even, um, obviously, get onto Centrelink immediately because your single parent payment can take some time to come through. The sooner you get that process sorted, the sooner that can come through. And then even call your local um, family relationship centre because they can provide you with heaps of services as well. Yep, beautiful. I love this. Thank you so much for your time on here with us today in our community. You are an inspiring young woman. Oh, thank you. Two bubbers at once. My goodness me. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. Like, I'm feeling really passionate now. Like, oh, I just want to go and, like, talk about this on Instagram. (laughs) Do it, do it. Just pump in the air. It is that because it. When you're really, when you're in alignment with what you're talking about, when you're out there giving, um, you know, giving support, giving guidance in the space that you know something about, like I said to you at the beginning, you know, you are, you know, the most qualified person right now to help people where where you used to be. So keep speaking it, keep telling the truth, being the honest version of you, which is pretty amazing and um, wishing you a fabulous festive season as well. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the I Am Tam podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, you'd like some more guidance and support. If you are thinking of or currently transitioning through separation or divorce or are on the other side of that but still looking to thrive and not just survive, please jump on to tamshields.com.au or you can click the link in my bio on Instagram, tam underscore shields. We have loads of free resources, lots of fantastic information there available for you. Plus, we also have the I Do Crew, the I Do To Divorce community. For only $44 a month, cancel any time, you can be part of our I Do Crew community where you receive all of the guidance and support that you would possibly need to thrive, not only survive through your separation and divorce. Lots of love to you all and wishing you a merry festive season and beyond.